This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I am turning Integrity Square into a Pentagon for our first five-person podcast. I want to welcome Good Soul Hunting. We've got Lucy, Matt, Andrea, and Emma bringing in a new generation of executive recruiting, leadership services, and maybe even some entrepreneurial therapy, as I like to have a new phrase here. So I want to welcome you guys back uh, on uh, from our original intro. And um, Lucy, why don't we just kick off with you here uh, with Matt and talk about you know the evolution of Pipeline to Good Soul Hunting and, uh, and what you have planned for the Halo sector. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having us. So, um, yeah, I'm Lucy. I'm the chief executive soul of, of Good Soul Hunting. Um, and Matt and I, we actually, we wanted to build a business together as we love working together um, in Chicago at Les Mills. And we were thinking about all the things that we love um, in terms of work. And it included, you know, working with Good Souls, getting a, a deep understanding of a lot of different businesses and getting involved in teams that were in startup or scale-up mode. And, and that sort of those conversations over many drinks led us to recruitment and particularly within the, the health, wellness, halo sector and particularly focusing on the technology side of things. So we'd sort of gone that way already before COVID and, and that sort of put us where we are now and uh, had additional conversations with Emma, with Andrea and really built out the team from there. Great. And Matt, you've got a, uh, a long history in the uh, in a boutique fitness side and also the programming side. So, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen over time that have kind of differentiated, you know, a great management team from a good management team? Yeah, yeah great question. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've got a number of years over in the UK uh, as an operator, spent a number of years with Les Mills on the B2B side, heading up the team in the UK and in the US for a couple of years, which was a great experience. And then more recently, uh, leading the rollout of the Orange Theory Fitness brand in the north of England, uh, which, which has been great fun. So the, the, what differentiates a great team for me, it, it's always the, the passion uh, for the people. And it's where the passion of those people and the hard work meets the talent. And we've been lucky, lucky enough over the years to meet with some great people, work for some exceptional leaders. And now we're fortunate enough to have these great networks uh, across in the US, the UK, Europe and globally and really helping to place these souls into their dream roles uh, is something that kind of uh, really gets us up out of it every day and gets us passionate for this business. Yeah, so Emma, you're based out in, uh, in LA for the team. You know, as you've seen people that have come into the industry and maybe left some of their professions that, you know, they weren't as excited to wake up in the morning, you know, and having the ability now to get into this sector and really, you know, follow your passion uh, as Matt coined, you know, into your profession. You know, what, what have you seen and, you know, what, what are you looking as the next, you know, post-COVID, you know, how people maybe approach, you know, the jobs that they want to, to, to seek out? Yeah, look, we've all had six good months to think about how much we love our life and whether or not we have a job to go back to. So what we're seeing is, first of all, very buoyant times and people are sort of shifting from what was into what is. And so we're seeing a lot of people pivot, obviously, into the digital space, being able to shift some of their skill set across from pure fitness into health, into wellness, into fit tech, well tech startups, those sorts of things, but also maybe just, you know, owning their own brand and building that out. So we're seeing sort of the death of the old and sort of the birth of the new. And we do 
do very much sit in that transition space and that's been our whole life. We've all lived around the world, we've been expats, we've worked for purpose-driven companies and all of those things allow you to have that growth mindset and able to be adapting into the future and actually to choose a life that you perhaps choose more. So I'm seeing a lot of people being very, very mindful around where they put themselves next and thankfully there's a lot of opportunity as the smoke begins to clear, no pun intended, with all the uh, fires up our lovely west coast. Sure. So, Andrew, you're based in New York and you're going to be working on some of the business development initiatives. So, you know, what are you seeking out from a client standpoint? And, you know, this is going to be a relationship driven firm. So, you know, how do you how do you think about kind of the long tail of good soul hunting? Yeah, you know, I think who we really want to align ourselves with in the bigger picture are brands that are really mission driven and purpose driven, you know, because in the conversations that I'm, I'm having with candidates in market that, you know, whether they're looking for an opportunity right now or in the next six months or 12 months, they want to work for a brand that has a mission so they can get up every day and, and kind of feel their, their purpose. Um, so I guess that's kind of the best way to answer that right now is because I, I think you can tell and, and feel the energy that the four of us bring. We want to make sure we're aligned with, with other good soul brands. So Lucy, as you kind of look at the evolution of you know, fitness companies in the past have always tried to hire fitness people from other companies to say, hey, I need to plug somebody who knows they have to sell memberships. Um, and, you know, Emma's kind of touching on this convergence of, you know, digital and fitness and probably healthcare all, and entertainment all pro- coming together. So how do you view the roles that you're going to be filling in and how broad you might need to go or want to go to say, hey, you got to think about this job description and who's a, a candidate for that differently. So how do you kind of re- reframe it for us? Yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of conversations we're having at the moment, um, people are saying, clients are saying, well, actually we don't need a fitness person or a health, you know, a halo person. We want somebody from entertainment or from the digital space or somewhere like that. So I think, part of what we are really trying to do is open up some of those channels and whether that is getting um, people from outside Halo excited about coming into the space and seeing how it's growing and evolving. There's that element. And then there's also the element of helping our friends and colleagues and and people from the space, how do they elevate their skills and, and get where they need to be to then be desirable in those roles as well. So it's very much a two way street, I think at the moment, and we're really trying to help on both sides. Now, you know, traditional health clubs and, fitness operators, you know, have been very, uh, let's say tight pursed when it comes to, you know, Hey, I'm going to put up an ad on indeed and I'll go through these resumes. Um, or, you know, maybe I'll post something on Craigslist. I mean, just, you know, it's kind of like the quality of, of where you, you know, seek out people is probably, you probably get the same in return. So, you know, Matt, you, you've been in the industry and you kind of know the psychology and, you know, Dave and I probably would tell you like, $300 $300 a month for whatever service is kind of like the max that anyone's going to pay. So how, how do you kind of change up the understanding of, you know, what a lot of corporations do now and they'll pay, you know, 25 or 30% of a person's salary, but Hey, look, that's an investment in a great person. And that person is going to be integral to the team. And that team is now going to be much better. And that's going to kind of be a rounding error on the value of your business down the road. So maybe, Kind of add on to uh, add on to that, you know, yeah. uh, train, if you will. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, an education piece, Pete. Um, it's being able to understand business. We, we've all worked in business. We understand P&Ls. We understand the return on investment of investing in great people. And we know the best candidates aren't looking because the best candidates are looked after and they're busy working and smashing their targets. So our education piece is let's not get the first resume or CV across your desk. Let us do the search. Let us do the hard yards for you. And we could go through four or 5,000 different profiles to whittle down to 20 that might make the first interviews to six to make the video interviews to the final three candidates we present. And I think what we really bring to this is that ability to go through this process to seek out the best people for that role. And really, um, one of our mantras um, is to help first and hunt second. So what we seek to do is jump on a few calls, first of all, to really understand the strategic goals of the partners we're going to be working with, because we want to make sure that when we put our best foot forward, that we're really ready to go. And we've got that story to tell to our candidates we're reaching out to, not just uh, what a great opportunity this, but we know enough about the business so that we become an extension of their leadership team. And that's when, that's when it works best for us. That's when it works best for the partners we work with and ultimately for the candidate finding their dream role. Got it. So as you built your own team, Andrew, what, you know, how did you meet Matt and Lucy and what attracted you to, uh, you know, Pipeline and now Good Soul? Yeah, it's actually, that's a really good question. Um, I, well, I met them at Les Mills. Um, funny enough, um, you know, way going to the backstory here. Um, I actually hired Lucy years ago. Lucy makes her way to the U.S., finds me, and then I, I meet these guys, and we just have this, like, instant connection. Again, you, you, now we've termed, you know, Good Soul as part of our brand, but really these guys are, are just good souls. And um, initially they approached me and said, hey, you know, what do you think about helping us launch this boutique recruitment team? And I'm like, well, I'm a recruiter. I don't know if like if this gets me up every day and gets me excited because I, I do have a lot of experience in the fitness industry. And I, I'm tied to um, just some of the brands that I've worked with in the past and having that direct um, interaction with customers on a daily basis, a team in person, you just kind of get to see the mission come to life. But now that I'm in it, I find that I'm even more connected to a fitness mission, health and wellness and uh, on a wider scale. Um, so when I finally sat down and actually looked at the journey they mapped out for me and really the potential that I had to still impact the lives of others, something we actually call the ripple effect. I'm sure you've heard of that, right? But I actually mm -hmm. could see and feel and live those ripples, you know, and, and just sort of see that. So it's been a journey. And now I am, I'm the matchmaking maven of the East Coast. So. Maven, that's true. I call <laughs> so. myself a dream architect. So we could all make up our own titles in this uh, yeah. new era. You know, so, you know, as there's, um, you know, Emma touched on, on a point about, you know, bringing in additional capital coming into the industry and bringing in people from inside and outside the sector. You know, one of the private equity, you know, many of the private equity groups we, we, we solicit to, to bring in money into a deal, you know, they always say, you know, send me the teaser, you know, which is the one pager, show me the financials. And their next question is always, you know, how's the management team? And, you know, tell me the truth about it. Like, are they at A, B? A plus, you know, who do I, you know, where, where do I need to plug things, uh, plug holes in the team? Um, so, you know, as capital kind of seeks out more opportunities in the, in the halo sector, a lot of it is sometimes contingent upon, hey, I actually need an operator and I want an operator to come in 
on the front end. I don't actually want to do a deal and then go and find a CEO. So, you know, as you kind of go through good soul hunting and identify either companies, you know, have you thought about also potentially getting exposure to private equity firms and venture capital firms and say, Hey, I've got a bench of, of executives or I could fill that bench quickly. So you can actually have an angle on deals. Yeah, so it's a great question, Pete, and it's definitely something we're focused on. We've identified four key personas who are target market. Uh, one of them, one of those groups, will be in the investors for exactly that point is getting in at the early stage with a conversation and making sure we help uh, protect and nurture those investments by building the right team uh, from the start. We're also looking at the HR managers who are very busy and perhaps uh, recruiting an executive with number nine of 100 on her list or his list of things to do. Uh, we've got the founders of startups that might have a great idea but haven't really got the best idea on exactly the talent they need around them to realize their potential. And then finally, it's the CEOs uh, of some of the big brands in our space that we know uh, are under pressure to eat those targets and they're only as good as their leadership team. So we've really clearly identified these four personas. And as part of the launch of our brand, uh, these are people we're going to be speaking to in a variety of different ways to try and help improve the talent in the sector. So Emma, you've been around a lot of uh, different types of companies and, you know, you, I'd say you're probably one of the people that, you know, you got a gut feel, um, you know, whether somebody's a good cultural fit or not. So maybe talk about, you know, the, the, the positives of, you know, kind of blending into a culture or maybe, you know, to take, you know, a, a different view and say, you know, look, you got a lot of high powered optimistic people here. Maybe you kind of need a CFO that, you know, isn't as optimistic. So it kind of is a little bit of a governor, you know, on, on the culture or on, on the approach. So what, you know, what are your thoughts on that as you, you know, assess talent and, and assess teams? Oh, I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear yeah, me? we're good. Yeah, we're good. No, I think we've lost her. I can answer that one <laughs> for her. When she yeah. comes back in, we'll let her we'll let her add on. So go ahead. Yeah. So I think um, one of the I guess fundamentals of good soul hunting is that not only do we have the process that you touched on earlier, um, we really kind of um, buy into our sixth sense or our intuition. Um, mm -hmm which is one of the main reasons why we brought Andrea on in the team because she has a fantastic um, sixth sense about people. Um, so the more that we get to spend time with, with the team as part of our kind of briefing process and things like that, then that really helps us work with them to identify those things that you're talking about, um, Pete, with, um, you know, really trying to build out a few different personalities within the team and create a balance uh, we're all trained and just as an example, um, DISC um, in terms of that sort of communication tool so we can speak at that level. So you've got a lot of people that can get things done. Why don't we bring in some people that have some attention to detail? You know, do you have the, the empathy you need within the team? So that's something we've all spent a lot of time learning about and working with. And so that's a very big part of, of what we're bringing into Good Soul Hunting as well. Mm. So, so Matt, when... Um you know, people call us up sometimes and says, hey, I need a CFO, you know, in this city. And I'll say, okay, you know, what's the timeline? Like, no, I need them like yesterday. You know, so when you want to do a search, you know, what do you tell people from a standpoint of like, here's how long it takes, you know, it's a process like everything else. 
you don't hire us and you hire somebody in two weeks. You know, so give us a little flavor for, you know, how somebody should think about that and the level of patience that's required to kind of hone in and find and land the right person. Yeah, I, I think, again, it comes back to education and uh, it's having the confidence, which we all have, to, to push back to whoever we speak to if, if it doesn't sound like the right strategy for that business because for us to be true to ourselves and to help our partners and the talent in the right roles, we need to be completely transparent and we want to have that upfront conversation and real talk with all of our partners so for me it's about educating and working back and saying okay you need this person you know um, obviously notice periods are different in different markets uh, the us is fortunate that it's normally a couple of weeks for most roles so then it's working back and saying ideally when you want this person to start but then we say look for us we can find you a person in x amount of weeks but if you really want the best person for this role this is the process we go through this is how long it takes would you rather have a B star player in six weeks, or would you rather have the A star player in 10 weeks, 11 weeks? So it's just being transparent and working through it. And normally when we do it in that way, and we're that honest and upfront, and the client can see the potential of having the best hire, then that's how we get there. Got it. So Andrew, in this new kind of post COVID new normal world, you know, how do you think about somebody maybe you know, I used to say like, oh, I'm a self-starter or like, I don't need somebody to motivate me. Um, you know, in this new world, do you, do you have to be like Zoom friendly? Do you have to be, you know, video, <laughs> you know, cinematography, you know, photogenic? I mean, what, are there, is there anything new that we should be like thinking about? Like somebody's good in the office when you're around them, but when they're gone, they're like, who the hell knows what they're doing? So how do, how do you think about like, you know, to assess people's abilities to be productive on their own or do you think that's all kind of returned to some semblance of normalcy yeah no it's uh it's it's funny i think um you definitely like i just think initially when you said zoom friendly there is something in the power of being really present um face to face in a setting like this you know whenever i am doing candidate outreach or client outreach i'm always suggesting a zoom call and by that you can get a quick glimpse of you know, how someone carries themselves and you kind of get a feeling of, of their level of productivity too. You know, how quickly can they navigate through the conversation? Are they engaged? Are they retaining what you said and actually hearing you? Um, that's a really big thing is, is when I'm in these conversations and even if it is Zoom or phone call, candidates are saying, I feel like I'm being heard. And that's something I think that having this separation physically, it's really important to kind of keep up that touch point the best way that you can. And I think being physical is now through Zoom, if that makes any right. sense. So I think that yeah. that's extremely, extremely important. So Lucy, I want to ask you a question because I've got friends of mine who um, say to me, hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm leaving my current job. And, uh, you know, because I want to spend all my time finding the next job. And I usually push back and say, the best time to get a job is when you already have a job. Because, you know, being unemployed, whether that's by your, your choice or by, you know, being furloughed or being laid off, I feel like there's maybe a psychology, or at least I still have it, that, you know, someone who's coming to me and I'm like poaching them from another company, I, I just feel better about that. Um, is that just a misnomer or is there still, still something to that? 
I think there's definitely still something to that. Um, and I think depending on the situation, it's certainly something we would maybe educate around in certain circumstances for certain candidates where it is the right thing for them. But overall, yeah, I agree. I, and if you use a, a great recruiter, then I don't see why you probably need to have all of your time to do this either. <laughs> I do. If you're working it yourself, then actually, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people throughout COVID and, you know, it, it is, it's a really taxing process and things, but for them, it's mostly because they're worried about the end result and not having a role. So yeah, by leaving something early, you are potentially setting yourself up to not be able to make the right decision. So mm -hmm. unless you've got, a, you know, maybe a year ahead of you, uh, with no pressure at all, then I think that you do run the risk of uh, of painting yourself into a corner potentially. But yeah, going back to the start of your question, definitely there's still a stigma attached to it um, for right, for, you know, for right or wrong. Um, and we sort of take that on a case by case basis um, if we're advising people, and you know, really depends on them and the situation. So Matt, you made reference um, before to you know I got a list of a hundred people that I want to hire. You know, and I'll, I'll help you do number nine or, you know, give me like the the the, uh, the jobs and, and we'll help bring in good candidates. You know, in the fitness industry, you know, just to start there, you know, a great general manager versus an average general manager, you know, is, is a lot of profitability at, at the club level. Yet there's really not a really good way to go and find those candidates. And, you know, even like regional directors or, you know, directors of sales, maybe kind of one notch below the CEO level. So you know, as you go through the evolution of good soul hunting, you know, how deep down in the bench do you want to go? Because obviously the economics kind of change and also the, the ability from a local standpoint to find and to, you know, at some point you're basically making a recommendation uh, on a candidate, right? So you got to kind of, you put your word behind and your reputation behind a person. And sometimes at these lower levels, even though they're important positions, it might not be as easy for you to do that. So, so how do you think about that, you know, in a first blush? Yeah, we thought a lot about that, Pete, and it's one of the reasons that uh, setting up this business where we want to be focused more at the C-suite, the executive level, placing the CEOs, the presidents. It, it's not to say that we would never play a general manager uh, of, a, of a big club or a regional director, but this is the level we want to be at. And I think um, also going through COVID now, there's some good people displaced in our industry. Uh, depending on what you read, the bricks and mortar operations in North America and Europe, there'll probably be less facilities coming out of COVID to go around. So that pushes some talent up. It makes people more competitive for those roles. So how I would approach this is to look at it and say, look, uh, all operators want to get the best people. Uh, sometimes we find that not everybody wants to pay the top dollar to get the best people. And again, it comes back to education. So we can mm -hmm. find these people, but we're going to be realistic. If you want to pay X thousand dollars to retire, this is the kind of level you're going to get. Now, if you did stretch that by 30, 40K, what could it mean for you? What could it mean for your growth potential? Let's benchmark the best manager you have in your group. How do we find more of them? You know, how do we raise the profile and the media of the talent that you have in the organization. So these are all challenges that we haven't got the answer to all of them right now, but we're happy to be part of the conversation and we want to help operators navigate how they get there. So we, we recently made an investment in a company called The Athlete Book, which is basically a virtual recruiting platform. 
try and get division one, two and three athletes into entry level positions either in the halo sector or uh, in some of the larger corporations, you know, as you see more companies focused on, you know, diversity hiring and making sure that, you know, they, they kind of go through the spectrum of, of all the possibilities, whether it's at the board level, the C-suite or, or in the junior positions, um, how do you kind of create the largest funnel on your end? You know, maybe Lucy, you could speak to this about, you know, do you, do you identify an opportunity and then say, okay, it's gotta be within a 90 mile radius. You don't forget about zoom for a minute, but like, you know, how do you think about kind of broadening the spectrum of potential recruits going forward, just given maybe a better emphasis where it should have always been like this, but you know, now maybe there's a better spotlight on it and people are doing something about it. Um, so in terms of really broadening out the funnel, we start, um, so when we're doing a search and we run everything as a search, whether or not we think we've probably got the right person, we'll still do the lead work. So we start really broadly. So we'll be looking with really no limitations. We try and get really creative. So, you know, say that we are looking for a president, we're not just looking at president titles and only focusing on that, we're gonna break, we're gonna spend a decent amount of time brainstorming where could these people have come from? Um, you know, what are the keywords that we might be looking at in terms of their experience? Is it you know, do we want someone from digital? We'll focus on that regardless of title. So we go really, really broad um, to start with and then start sort of narrowing down based on whatever the client requirements are. So if, if a particular client has a, um, you know, perhaps a diversity inclusion, you know, very specific framework for recruitment, then obviously we will work within that. Um, and I think everyone's got a very different perspective on that. So we haven't put in place something that is our own framework. We want to make sure that we can kind of fit in with everybody on their journey and where that where they are at, I guess, in that conversation within their own brand. Got it. And Andrea, back to you. You know, one of the things that kind of makes me chuckle when I see some of these job descriptions, it all say like uh, looking for someone with 20 years of like social media experience, like that I have to work at AOL or like Yahoo, you know, cause that's like the only places I could have worked in like 1998 on the internet. So like, as you see resumes come in and say, Hey, this person could be a fit. They've only been at X company for three years, but you know, that's three years at, at a tech company might be like 10 years at a, at a company in the past. So how do you, do you think you, we could kind of start to, maybe reframe the conversation of like what experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of AOL, do you guys remember the dial up and like hearing that as you're connecting? Oh my gosh, that was high school for me anyway. But yes, <laughs> to answer your question, it's so funny you say that because um, that, that's happened in some recent searches that we did over the summer. And I would go to Lucy and be like, Hey, listen, this candidate I think is, is definitely someone we need to put forward to our, our client, even though they don't have X years and X years. And, and Lucy is an advocate for this and supports me all the way through it. But as long as I can make a case for it and you can identify the why and the reframe, you know, kind of going back to what Matt was saying earlier and educating our client, they actually appreciate that because they see us as the expert in this space. So to answer your question, absolutely. If, if it's not 10 years, but like you said, it can be accelerated into five years. It's all about the quality and, and accelerating the growth of the company. Usually they're very open to, to our, our suggestions. Yeah, and just, just one last question, just about, you know, resumes and people moving. You know, I think they said, I read some article that says the average person is going to have like nine or 10 jobs 
you know, during their career. You know, when I see someone's resume in there, you know, they've been in six different jobs in 12 years. I must put like a reminder on my calendar. Like this is when this person jumps to the next thing. Um, at the same time, there's so much velocity of opportunities and, you know, cause someone will get into a startup and that startup doesn't do well and they go to the next job, maybe a safer one. And then they kind of pivot back to some entrepreneurial. So, you know, Lucy, maybe give us a, a, a little commentary on if someone explains that story, is, is that enough? Or, you know, is there like, is this like habitual? And if you want a CFO for two years, like I got a great candidate for you. If you want someone longer, he's probably not the right hire or she. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. So I was an agency recruiter earlier in my career. And back then, if someone was jumping like that, there's no way anyone would be interested at all. And right. I certainly came back into it with probably that mindset a little bit. And then I'm finding that people don't really care as much. And I think there are some, some people that still do, but a lot of people are much more open to these you know, quicker career moves. But absolutely, from our perspective, I want a really great explanation mm. of the journey. And there are lots of great explanations, because especially because we're in the startup space and scale-up space. Mm -hmm. um, there are exits and there are startups that have gone bust and things like that. So there, you do have to be a lot more open-minded, I think, than we were previously uh, with, with just the way the world of work works these days. Um, but certainly for us, there's a quality element there that we will still dig into that. And I think that's an important thing to, to sort of check into. And, and also there are other elements you can pick up. You were talking before with Andrea about, um, you know, um, check into productivity and, people's you know abilities to work remotely and things like that we we sort of look at that whole picture together and there are lots of tiny little things that will happen in a ongoing process that help you build that picture so we're we're really looking out for that got it so so in closing here we've got uh, good soul hunting we've got a big uh brand relaunch end of september so matt why don't you uh end this with uh with a good quote that you uh you live by or that resonates with you or People say, oh, Matt says that all the time. We'll get added to our core library. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I say a good quote to finish with is definitely we help first and we hunt second. That's what we live by. I like it. Good soul hunting and we hunt, but we know what we're hunting for. So we'll leave it at that. Our first Pentagon podcast went as according to plan. Look forward to seeing you guys in person and on Zoom and uh, send over some uh, some good candidates. We'll screen them first. If you screen them and then they get the uh, get, get an interview, I'd say they're pretty well screened. So good to have you guys on board and welcome to uh, the Halo sector officially. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right, good stuff. Thanks. This is Pete Moore. As you know, I am a big believer in personal development. I got a time-saving opportunity here for you recommending Dan Millman's Four purposes of life. Go to audible.com forward slash Halo Talks. You want to register there, get a free audiobook. It's $14.95 a month thereafter, giving you things that I do to make myself better and hopefully it makes you better. Go Halo. Let's play to win.